0: Morning again. Morning. Ray, that's not working. Somebody come take his Ray for me, will you? Need some kind of password put in or something. Oh well, I'm going to use uh, uh, some of you young men out there this morning, and maybe an older fellow this morning. Um, called a sermon great lengths. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story about something that took place this last week down in I think it was Georgia or Tennessee, down that area about a father and a daughter. we get started, but God goes, we got to take. We, you know, we kind of measure everything out in our lives. It's what we do, and everything we think of is kind of measured out. And, and uh, but when it comes to God, I don't know. There, there's not a tape measure. There's not anything. There's not. There's no numbers that can that can calculate how he works, the way he works in our lives. It's just impossible to understand that. I'm still not up, Ray. At all. Let me see here. There we go. You're you're, you're playing around here somewhere. Anyway, well, he's getting that up there. If he doesn't, I'll come down there. And as, as I was it's Father's Day, and so you normally would go do a Father's Day sermon, and, and that's fine. And that's what this is going to be—a Father's Day sermon. But it's all—it's more than that. It's a way of looking uh, at things that go on in our lives, not just fathers, but all of us, and understanding that there's always a purpose behind every aspect of it. As this young man, he was probably in his mid-thirties, down in the south. There was a jail, a prison break. Some of you may have heard this take place. There was a prison break. And so the news went out in that area, be careful, there's, there's I think one of them was a murderer, and I, I don't remember what the other guy was, maybe they both were, and they actually had a shootout with the police department, the sheriffs or whatever, uh, and so they, there was a very dangerous situation. And so evidently this young man lived close to wherever that jailbreak took place at, and, uh, he had some friends calling him and says, watch out, you know, the, what, beyond the wear. Those, these guys are loose and they're very dangerous. And he uh, had his daughter with him. I don't know how old his daughter was, but this young man is probably about 35. And he found himself, it, it, he, he said, I, I loaded all the guns in the house. And he said, I, I had my gun on. He says, I, I wanted to protect my daughter. And he said he looked out over the backyard and about 300 yards away, he saw two men coming out of the woods, coming over the fence. And he says, I, "I knew what that was," and uh, he was. There was a, uh, a news uh, a news uh, thing for the police came on and, and wanted to get let him give him give him his story. There was some uh, a news conference, and so the news had everything wrong as they usually do. And he wanted to tell his story. And he commenced to telling that story, and he did it. He just took him a few minutes. He was very eloquent in it, and as he's telling the story, he says. I looked at my daughter, and I grabbed a hold of her because I knew what was coming. I knew these men were coming, and I didn't know what was going to take place. He said, we had an area in our room where we could go, and they called a panic room. Where we could go and barricade ourselves, and he says, we could leave. And he says, I decided to grab my little daughter and head to the car or the truck and just leave. And he says, as I got out there, he said, I looked, and here they came. And he knew exactly who they were. And he says, I was literally scared to death. Sometimes we find ourselves in, in, in areas in our lives that we never thought we would be there. And it's, it's, it's like a misfortune in our life. It's, it's, it's misfortunate that you think, well, why would God? And this man turned out to be a, a wonderful Christian we'll talk about in a second. But why, why does God let these misfortunes in our lives, these things in our lives? Because we're just trying to... to we're just trying to make it through this world, aren't we? We're trying to raise our families and, and do the right things and be good dads and good mothers. But sometimes these things come into our lives. And as we look at the, a, a lesson, it's not a story. This is a history lesson in Acts today in chapter 16 with Paul and Silas and the jailer. Because the jailer is who I'm really going to concentrate on as we go through the message today. Paul and Silas had a misfortune. They were were going to be put in this jail for something that, for no reason, they should have been put in there. And like this young man with his daughter, he found himself in an area that he would never have gotten into. And as these men came and, and got to his driveway, they were in their truck and he couldn't back out. They were there. And he looked at his daughter and he got out of the truck and he says, I never pulled my gun as the news media had recorded that he was like a John Wayne, he said, he's he just praying. And as he got out of his car, and he says the, the two men just went to their knees and laid down to be arrested. And of course, he called 911. And three minutes later, the, the sheriff pulled up and, uh, he said 40-some police departments or sheriffs all came in and, and took over. But that was a long three minutes. And what he wanted to tell the world, everybody that was listening, as he, as he, I'll, I'll paraphrase He says, if you don't believe in the power of Jesus Christ, there's something wrong. Because his prayers were answered, and the glory was seen then. Amen? Amen. Now, sometimes we go through these misfortunes in our life, and we've got to, it, it, we've got to understand if we trust Jesus if he is our Lord and Savior, that he's right there with us. And these misfortunes can take place right out of the blue, just with this man. But the one thing that God always wants through it is glory. I'll tell you, if Christians could understand everything that takes place in your life, it's going to reveal God's glory. That's That's what he's about. Because other people come to the Lord because of who he is. Now, this young man was able to to tell the whole world. Everybody was listening, and, that, and I thought it was just a wonderful thing because those police knew exactly what he was going to say. And he got up here, and he gave all glory to Jesus Christ. And I look at it and I say, will we do that? If the misfortunes come to us, are we going to gripe and complain? Are we going to act like John Wayne? Or What are we going to do, dads? Will we give glory to God no matter what takes place? No matter what the misfortune is, will we give glory to God? What a brave young man. He didn't want the pride and the egos and and all the publicity. He wanted Jesus to get the glory. And as we start to separate this story, God will go through great lengths to help you dads. And as we look at this jailer, a lot of times we look at this story in Acts or this history lesson in Acts, and we we can pull out a lot of different things. but, But to me, for Father's Day, I pulled out the jailer. God just gave me the jailer. Because God was working with the jailer. Now, Paul and Silas were, were, were going to be a misfortune in their lives was going to take place. But God was working with the jailer and his whole family. And that's how we have to look at things in our lives. And we can get there if we continue to, to trust God with our lives. Amen? Say something for me, will you? Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, as we go through this message today in these few verses, Father, we ask you to open up our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the dads and the fathers and the mothers and the grandfathers and the grandmothers and the uncles and the aunts, Father. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ that allows us to be who we are. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen. If dad's heart is not for his family, if, if dad's heart is, is not for his family, the family will be missing one of God's greatest treasures. Everybody can just say something on that, will we? Listen, Daddy, if your heart's not with your family, in other words, your heart is based on, 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 on the world and making money, which mine was for many years, and, and just doing the things you think you've got to do to get by, and thinking you've got to control every aspect of it instead of turning it over to Jesus, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to ask you today to, to let go of that and submit to God. Submit to the Lord. Let Him have your family. Let him have it. He gave it to you to maintain, to help, to grow, to, to, to teach, to love. But give it back to him. Give him all the situations in your life. And dad, I know, I know I've been through it. Give it all to the Lord. No matter how what your kids look like, no matter how good they are, or how they might get themselves in trouble, re- continue to give it to the Lord. And you say, well boy, I go through a lot of trouble in my life because of my kids, and say, boy, These things, why they're not even about me, but yet, here I am. Well, we do these things. We go through these misfortunes. But allow God to control it, not you. And you're going to find some peace that you never had. When it looks like darkness is winning, and that's what took place here in a few minutes, when Paul and Silas find themselves in jail, when it looks like darkness is winning, you don't have to fall. Amen? You don't have to fall. Look to Christ for his mission. There's, there's many missions, and, and we have to always be in maintaining where God's working. Now, dads, you're, you're, one of your main jobs is to watch your family and teach. Allow your, your family to learn who Jesus Christ is. Teach them the Lord. That's what the Bible tells us. Teach them, teach them, teach them. And as they grow up, no matter where they find themselves running off to or walking off to or, or falling off to, they'll always have that in their hearts. That my dad taught them, look to Christ for his mission. What looks to be misfortune may lead to miracles. This is the verse I'm going to open up here. It's out chapter 16, it's not on here, but it's verse 17, it reads, "This girl, there was a girl that, that Paul and, and kept following Paul and Silas all around. And she was a, a slave. She had an owner at the time, and, and, and she was, had a demon in her. And she was a fortune teller. So automatically, what does that tell you about fortune tellers? Come on. They they ain't right. They're not right. You say, well, I thought I just did it for fun. No, they're not right. It's it's not right. Stay away from that stuff. This girl followed Paul and and us and cried out, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who, who proclaimed to us, the way of salvation. The demon knew who they were. Isn't that amazing? And she followed them around, and finally Paul would, would get annoyed with her. And he, he, he just said a few words, and that demon would leave her. That sounds like a pretty reasonable thing, doesn't it? You want demons out of people. But see, at this day and age, For whatever reason, the owner liked that demon in that person because she was making him money. And so God goes to these great lengths, as we can watch his his history unravel in front of us, he goes to these great lengths for reasons. And we'll find out here inside this jail. Verse 22, let's start there, it says... Then the multitude rose up together against him. That's the multitude. That means the town of Philippi. They rose up against him because they cast out a demon. You think we got rough times now? Look there. See, it's always been there, hadn't it? Evil loves evil, doesn't it? It is evil loves evil. Hate loves hate. It's not a something new that the world is dealing with. It's always been there. It always will be there. So the multitude rode up together against them. And the magistrates. Tore off their clothes. Boy, they were, they were serious, weren't they? I mean, they were so furious that they... And they would do that. The Pharisees would do that. And every time they got furious, they'd rip off a garment or just rip it and say, well, I'm really mad. I ripped my garment. You really have done it now. Because a demon was cast out. It makes no sense, does it? I mean, it, it makes no sense. But God goes through great lengths to get accomplished what he wants accomplished. And if we'll just keep our focus on God and not all the distractions. You think, oh, I'm on the wrong side of this. No, wait a minute. I cast out a demon. How can I be on the wrong side of this? See, the majority is not always right. Everybody agree with that? It's not always right. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded, I mean commanded, I mean boldness, commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now, that's a pretty big misfortune for Paul and Silas in it, and most likely Luke also was with them. See how Luke wrote the book of Acts. In 24, it says, Have received such a charge that he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So beating them wasn't good enough. They're going to throw them into the darkest dungeons and fasten fasten their feet together. I need two guys right now. I gotta tell you, you're gonna be up here for a few minutes. I don't have two guys. Come on, come on, little children. Come on. There I got him. Luke, I need a dad. I mean, I need somebody. Now nah, you'll be all right, come on. I need some. Just come over here and sit. Just sit down. Take your shoes off. Take one shoe off anyway. Come on, come on. Now, Paul and Silas would be thrown into a dungeon, into a dark dungeon, for taking, casting demon. Put that around your ankle, tie that around your foot, and yeah, do whatever you can there. Now, you know, they were, in the Bible here, it says they were singing hymns. You didn't know that, did you? You didn't didn't read that part? You you missed that one, huh? You missed that one. He says, don't do it, Pop. Don't do it. (laughs) So so here they are. They're beaten. So they're not feeling real good. I mean, anybody ever got a beating? I mean, I haven't had a beating from a majesty or whoever. But I imagine it didn't feel good. And the whole time they're thinking, what in the world, God. What's going on here? I mean, we're out preaching and the, and the demons tell everybody who we are and all I do is cast the demon out and all of a sudden I find myself in prison and in the dark and the dampness of the prison and, and, and beaten and I'm sore and I'm hurting. What in the world is going on? Boy, that, that, that sounds pretty bad, do not it? But what if this is not about you? What if the misfortune that's taking on is not about you? What if it's about these great lengths that God will go to To help somebody understand who Jesus Christ is. To show God's glory. Now, the thing is, can we get past what's taking place in our life? Every time something takes past, can we get past ourselves to see where God's working? You say, well, wait a minute, this is all about me. I'm the one in prison. But what if you're there because God has a beautiful mission for you to be there? What if you're on your job site, the job that you absolutely don't like, you want off of it, you don't like it, but God's got you there for a mission? What if you got all kinds of misfortunes with your kids, but God's got you there for a mission? Are you you a strong enough Christian? Are you ready to say, okay, I understand that I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. There's absolutely no reason for all this misfortune to be taking care of my life. I'm not sinning. I'm not, I'm not living in the world. I'm doing things the way God asked me to do it. And I find myself in this terrible mess. Why? Because God's got something for you to do. And it will always reveal His glory. It's always going to reveal His glory. And so Paul and Silas and probably Luke are sitting there in the jail, and they're doing what? Everybody's saying in songs and hymns. It doesn't sound like they were worried about the jail too much, does it? It doesn't sound like they were crying for pity. I should never have been here. This is not my fault. The whole town's gone nuts. Yeah, the whole world's nuts. Haven't you noticed that? Part of the church has gone nuts. There's a church over in Columbus that's that's doing the gay flag thing out in front of the church right here in Columbus. Us, the ones that know Jesus Christ, that are following Jesus Christ, that are following the word of God. We'll have to live through these things, but we must stay on mission. Amen, dads? Stay on mission. So as they're in this dark cave, and we'll go through some more verses here. Having received this charge, they put him into the inner prison. I need verse 23, Ray. Can you do that or I'll read it here? It says in verse 23, it says, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. In other words, the jailer was going to be a big part of this. The jailer was responsible for what's going to take place while they're in prison. So we're introduced to the jailer. Now, we know the prison's got more than two people in it because it tells us that. And so Paul and Silas, as they sing hymns in the darkness with all their pain, they know that there's a mission. They just don't know what the mission is yet. They're soon to find out. Let's see, if God goes to these great lengths, and he does all the time in your life, don't we have the responsibility just to wait and see where he's taking our lives? Your kids... To watch him work and to join him where he's working? It's not just a jailer, but it's a husband, a father. See, this jailer has a family, he has a home. And God had Paul and Silas on a mission, and that mission was the objection was the object, objection of the misfortune. It was the object of misfortune. But God had them on a mission because they were Mature Christians, they were ready to watch God and not be so self-absorbed with what's taking on in their lives. I tell you, if the church could, could get this mindset that every time something goes wrong, it's not so bad for you. God's just wanting to work through you. I call them God stories. It happens all the time. This young man down in Tennessee, you could see, oh man, he, he was just a mess. And yes, he was, but he hanged, he. Kept close to God, he was praying, and he gave God all the glory for his misfortune. What a wonderful young man! God has and will go through great lengths for us, and what lengths will you go through for Him? The believer will be met with great challenges at times, surpassing all logic. How many of you have been through that? Amen. Absolutely, it's like this. Don't even make sense, but we're the believers. We are called not to fall so quickly as the darkness tries to overwhelm us, but stand and wait on God. No matter the situation, no matter how bad it is, how bad it looks. And no matter the outcome, Dad's will you still believe. Amen. Some of you have been through it, I know. But what if you're going to continue to go through it? Will you stand and will you believe? But at midnight, don't you love that word B-U-T, but? It's all through the Bible. It's just a powerful three-letter word. But God, but this, but that, but God, but at midnight, God's going to work. Now, the prisoners, they're singing in their hymns, and some of the prisoners, it tells us they're listening, and some of them are falling asleep and, and just wallowing in their self-pity, and the jailer's off to sleep, and he's there for the night. He knows in the morning something will happen. But at midnight, Paul and his house were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. What a wonderful thing. Amen? Now, I don't know how many of you have been to jail lately, or have you ever been through these circumstances. But can you imagine going in the jail and singing hymns? Now, I know some of the prisoners, they just think you're nuts. and They say, well, what are you doing in here? But what if you were in there because of the Lord? What if you're in there it has nothing to do with you at all? But for some misfortune, some misguidance, whatever it is, you're in there. Can you praise God? Dad, you find your kids off in jail or, or, or situations in their life. Can you, can, you, can you praise God? For one thing, God's given you an idea of help where your, where your child needs help. Can you praise God? Verse 26, it says, Suddenly. I mean, suddenly, just boom. I needed one more person up here. Larry Mercer, come on up here. Just stand right there. Just stand right there, Larry. Let me see if I can get this to work, Larry. I hope this thing lights for a minute just hold on to that but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing see it wasn't just singing it was the praying going along with it they realized God has something for them to do now they just got to figure out what it is suddenly there was a great earthquake so the foundations of the prisons were shaken that's an earthquake isn't it now, you got to remember, their feet are all tied up. They're in some kind of shackles. They're in, a, in the damp darkness of wherever that prison is. No windows because they're the inner part of that prison. We're shaking, and immediately all the doors were open, and everybody's chains were loosed. How many chains were loosed? Okay, everybody. That's important. That word's important because we, we understand it's more than Paul and Silas here because the other prisoners were listening, right? So it's a group of them. And as we start to go through the Scriptures, and the keeper of the prison, in other words, the jailer of the prison, awakened from sleep, and sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Why? Because that was his job, and, and that was a serious job, and they he would be killed the next day. But Paul, there's that word but again, but Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are... How many are there? All here. All here. All, here. Now, all these men in this prison, they could have got up, they could have ran out. There, and most, most likely, that was what's going to happen, isn't it? They're not like Paul and Silas that are there for a misfortune, for something that took place. But I want you to see the great lengths God goes through for this jailer and for these other men. You say God's not in control or God can't control. He's controlling their hearts. He's controlling their mindset because the mindset would run, run, run. But God said stay, and they stayed. Amen? Amen. Man, that's a powerful God, isn't it? That's, like, that's the God I serve that can, that can make prisoners stay where they don't want to be, because he's got a specific task. And this this dad over here has got a home with wife and kids. And God wants to go through great lengths for his own people to be beaten and put in prison, and for an earthquake to shake off the chains, and for the other prisoners to stay in place Because he doesn't want this jailer harmed. harmed. Wow, what a God. I mean, does God really love this family or what? Yes, he does. He loves this jailer. He loves this family. And he's going to call them out. And he's going to use his people, Paul and Silas and probably Luke, to do this thing. Because they're going to look past themselves to the mission that God has for them. And dad, you've got to do the same. I mean, when when you, so I know some of these. I mean, Brandon, you you got a little hazelnut growing up there. One day she's going to date, and that old Brandon's going to be packing on that day. You raise your children up now. What a glorious, glorious future you're going to have with them. Start praying for your children, you dad. Start praying for your your children's spouse that will take place maybe 20 years 30 years down the road start praying for them now that they're godly men and women This the jailer comes to the point where there's no hope he's ready to give up his life because he would rather do it himself to be humiliated and his family be completely humiliated in front of all the people because the people they're not really right as you can see they put paul and silas in jail because they took out a demon what are they going to do the jailer But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light. There's your light. And ran in and fell down, trembling. Come here. Right over there. You just sit on that steps right there if you want. That's your light. He ran in with this light. He had to see it for himself, that nobody is going to leave. And he looks and he sees the chains are broken, falling off. And these men are just sitting there and they probably have smiles on their faces because they're starting to recognize the mission, the reason they're there. For the jailer. For the jailer. The dad. To bring salvation to a house, to a family. What an amazing thing that God, the great lengths that God will go through. You say, well, he didn't do that for me. You have no idea what he did for you to get you to surrender to him. You have no idea the prayers and the the great lengths that God did to get you where you're at. And I'll tell you, one of the things I think about the first 10,000 years I'm in heaven, I want to go around just see all the people that were praying and doing things to get me where God wanted me to be. Amen? To spend time talking to the jailer. Spend time talking to this man and what took place after. So, you know, when Paul and Silas, when, they, when this jailer came in and knelt down, they were, he was submitting to, to this great miracle that was taking place. I mean, as far as he knew, Paul and Silas could have rose up and killed him. But no, he was starting to, to see, he heard, the, he heard the prayers, he heard the hymns. He may not pay paid much attention to him, but now he's reliving them. He called for a light and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Notice the word Sirs. Do you think he was calling him Sirs when they were throwing him in there? No. Boy, when God works, God works, doesn't he? The great lengths he goes through to change your life. And not just to change your life, but to, but to, but to grow your life in Christ. The miracles he performs. And sometimes we, we look at him and say, it's not really that big of a deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm sure that young man down in Tennessee, wherever, whatever church he's in, I'm sure he's in a church because of the way he talked about the Lord. What a dad. More than anything, he wanted to protect his daughter. And God says, I got more than that for you. This whole country, the United States, is going to stand up and pay attention. Now, I'll tell you, that story, we will die down real quick because he mentioned Jesus Christ, and the media does not like that. But for those that pay attention, especially in the South, thank God for the South. There's still a lot of good people in the South that love the Lord. The churches are doing really good down there. And they're doing good. I'm not just the South is just the I don't know. So they believe. So they believe. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, how do I get saved? He said, believe. And why is it so hard to to just believe? You've got miracles working in your life. You see things that that you just can't explain. Just believe. Believe. That young man yesterday, yesterday, as I heard him talk, he said, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, what will it take for you to believe? Just believe. He prayed to the Lord Jesus Christ that his daughter would be protected. And the Lord says, I'll do more than that. I'm going to make sure this goes nationwide. They're going to come down. These prisoners that just had a shootout with the police. They've got guns. They, they're murderers. He's going to, he says, they're going to do more than that. They're going to come down in your driveway and lay down and be wait to be arrested. That you can get on national TV And give Jesus Christ the glory. That's the only reason I see that it took place that way. What great lengths. Now see, I look at this this, this wonderful history lesson. Of these men that were in jail, maybe some of them for murder, who knows what. God compelled them to stay. And guess what? Jesus Christ is still compelling people today. Amen? They were on their stomachs waiting to be arrested. You could say, well, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Yes, it is. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. He brought him out. He took him home so his whole family could see what took place. In 33, he says, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Larry, would you go take the chains off those two over there? (laughs) You guys can leave now. Just turn that out. He took them that same night. Come here, Larry. I'm not done with you. <laughs> and he washed their stripes. He believed, and he became a servant. A servant of, of men that were just thrown in his jail that was nobody to him. Why? How? Kind a jailer, probably a tough old bird he believed and he became a servant of Jesus Christ and he goes and he, he takes these prisoners and he starts to clean them up and he immediately he and all his family were baptized they didn't hesitate did they they believed, they heard, they, they listened, they saw the miracle. And the jailer, not just the jailer, not just the dad, but his entire family. Now he could not, he could have not have taken them to his house, he could have just left them in the jail and said, well, well, great deal. But he was a dad and he found something, sound something so important that night that he had to take it to his house, he had to take it to his family. And wake them up at two or three o'clock in the morning, wake them up, say, "There's something so exciting that just happened to me. I almost killed myself. I mean I had the sword pulled out, and there's the sword, and I was getting ready to, to kill myself. and this, this man named Paul yells out and says, "Stop! We're all here." And I took my light. And I went down to the the, the deep parts of the prison and there they were sitting there with smiles on their face, singing and praying. There was something so different about those men and all the other prisoners. They were loose, but they just stayed there. Somehow they were compelled just to stay there. Family, are you listening? Kids, do do you see your dad almost killed himself tonight? But instead, I was saved. Not only from death, but from eternal death. And the family believed. And they were baptized that night. What a busy night, amen? What a busy night. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. He didn't just clean his stripes, he continued to serve them. He was very thankful. That these men that came and were in jail because of no really no reason on their own. It was a misfortune that was taking place in their lives. But they weren't concerned with their own lives. They were concerned with the mission that God had him on. And they didn't even know what the mission was. But as soon as those chains came loose and they saw that jailer getting ready to kill himself, they said, God's working over there with the jailer. Not only the jailer, but the rest of his family. And let me see, let me see, let me think about this for a minute. The rest of his family, we don't know about the rest of his family. When I get to heaven, I'm looking up the jailer. I'm going to say, tell me about your kids. Tell me about your wife. What took place after that night? I want to hear, I want to hear it. What about your grandchildren? Because this is a story, this is a history thing, and a story that, that will be told from generation to generation in this family. See, it wasn't a little thing to this family, was it? It was one huge, great God story. One great miracle that God performed in their lives. He fed them, he cleaned them, and then he fed them. And he rejoiced. Look at that word. Everybody say the word rejoiced. Rejoiced having believed in God and his whole household. Dad, dads, if you want to keep your family safe and sound, then show them the power of God's love within you. Now we'll go back to the story down south. Do you think that story will just be told for a week or two in that family? Do you not believe that that story is being told from child to child to uncles to nephews to nieces to cousins they're calling him today they're they're saying oh my goodness and he's given God all the glory for it it was a big misfortune in his life but he's given God all the glory for it because God knew this young man could handle it amen dad's if you want to keep your family safe and sound and i'm not talking about just from the world i'm talking from about evil, about hate, then show them the power of God's love that's within you. Amen? Show them the power of God, His love that is within you. Fathers, you have a huge influence on your children. I never had a daughter, but I know a daughter and her dad has got some kind of special thing going on. I just, I've never had that I don't understand that I like like some of you with daughters have that and I know sons I know I looked up to my dad he was my best friend I lost him almost 20 years ago It'll be 20 years next month July 23rd he was my dad I looked up to him I loved him he was my best friend what he said was gold I'd find all those hiding places where he'd hide the candy bars and stuff. He thought he had him hid. I really don't think he had him hid. I just think he acted act like he had him hid, so I'd have to search for him. I know none of you dads do that, right? What a, what a marvelous father I had. Raise your children up, fathers, to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And every chance you give, you get Give Jesus Christ the glory for what he's doing in your lives. Don't you ever think that what you're doing is going unheard or unnoticed because they're noticing everything. And I have one other thing for you. Whatever you put in your refrigerators, whatever you put around the house, whatever you do is you're being watched. Wouldn't it be a marvelous thing if dads put Bibles in every room and the children they say me, boy my dad loves the Lord he's got Bibles everywhere wouldn't that be a marvelous thing Then when they open up the refrigerator they open up the cabinets they don't see things they shouldn't see and they go into every room and there's God's word you don't have to beat them with it but you love them with it they have their choice to make just like you did But it's our job as dads, and I didn't do a very good job with mine. By the grace of God, my boys are here and saved. But as dads, it's our job to give them the word truth. Let's stand. Dads, if you want to keep your family safe and sound, then show them the power of God's love within you. Larry, you can go on. I'm sorry. You made a good jailer, Larry. As we come before the Lord this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, somebody asked me the other night, they said, well, how can we do communion that way? I said, well, it goes back to before I even opened up the church. I just, I just, I never had done it this way ever in any other churches. And it was just like, uh, 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 like that compelling thing that we talked about. It just was compelled in my heart that, that, God wanted me to do it this way. And I said to this person, I said, it's action. You stand up. You come forward. But more than anything, I think God's teaching us how to come to him at the altar to give everything to him. It's more than just walking down an aisle and, and, and doing communion with God. It, it's, it's, it's loving God. It's, it's saying, I, I surrender everything to you. And I've got some things I need to work out. It's giving people that would never come to the altar an opportunity to come and just just bow down. And I don't bother you. It's, It's not between me and you. It's between you and God. But to spend that time, those moments, those precious moments, just you and God. If you're a child of God, if you believe like this jailer believes, and you're following Jesus Christ, there's no sin in your life that you're, you're playing around with, that you're trying to hide. But you really surrender to God, and you're really doing the best things you can do according to His Word. And you're welcome at these tables. Come and enjoy the Lord this morning. Dads, pray for your families. Pray like you mean it. They're the precious gifts that God's given you precious gifts God's given you. Enjoy the Lord today, will you?